I'm going to um, be finishing. I started last week on um, repentance and salvation. And Jerry's going to, he's going to be working on the new birth today. But um, there's some papers we'll hand out here. Um, the table of contents, if you got one last week, throw it away. <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm talking to Richard. Those were his notes. <laughs> no, because um, he's writing the he's writing this discipleship classes. And so he said, oh, not my ABCs and Ds and everything, just the main topics. So these are, these are new that they'll be handing out. And uh, then if you don't have last week's um, um, discipleship class covers, um, this one is the first one from last week. It is uh, repentance and salvation. If you don't have that, raise your hand. And Jerry's handing out next. Um, um, he's handing out the one he's going to do. <laughs> I'm already over in uh, uh, three and four. or Yeah, one, two, three, four. And then I just got five, six from him. So I'm trying to keep it all straight here. But anyway, it's good. It's good. So this is the one we're going to be finishing. Kids, you can go quietly if you'd like. And... Um, We're going to be finishing this up. If you don't have your binders, um, the binders are a good thing to put these in because these are the the um, important. These are important for you because in the, like we just sang on the song, the prophecy that was given to this area, the flood that's coming, you guys, it's going to be important for you to know how to Explain to somebody why we need to repent, why we're walking in sin, how to get born again. And um, all these things that are coming, there's 12 classes. And we, I decided to do them on Sunday morning, uh, hoping that I would be able to catch most of you on Sunday morning. And so I think that that is um, um, important that we, we all are on the same page with doing some of these things. This is for your benefit to be able to explain repentance, to be able to have the scripture verses. So these, these pages that I'm using, um, it's not necessarily, am I going to go one, two, three, four? Richard didn't want me to cage myself or anybody else's teaching. So there's some scripture verses that I will have that may be not on this paper, but write them down for your own reference, Okay. And um, so, so if you're if you're needing some of these other pages, um, they're working on getting them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the oh, the table of contents from last week. Yeah, we don't need that. Just wad it up and give it a throw. Jerry will catch it. Yeah, it's a smaller font. This is a bigger font, and it's just the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> so, so anyway, and I'm just going to talk a little bit while they're doing that. Uh, I just want to share a little bit. If you were here last Sunday, uh, see, uh, the Lord is leading us similarly. The Lord is showing us and, and having us spend time. Last week, we were on our knees. Do you remember that? If you couldn't get on your knees, you were... You, you were laying on the chair in front of us. That was a place of surrender to his leading and his lordship in our life. We were making more room for him. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening in, in Kentucky. 
only they're experiencing the presence of the Lord. And that's what we're after here. Amen. We're after the presence of the Lord here. And so that's why we started a while back. We started Wednesday nights to um, um, prepare everybody in a place of um, uh, expanding their inner, their inner man so that they are able to hold revival, to be a, a walker, to walk in his presence and be a carrier is what I want to say, a carrier of revival. For years, the Lord's told me, asked me, he says, are you a carrier of revival? Where I go, does revival go? Where you go, does revival go? Amen? And so, um, you know, we can't go those places if we got one arm in sin and one leg in, in the muck and mug of sin. We can't go those places. We're going to get hit by the enemy if you're not walking in right righteousness and a right standing position. So God's calling for the church at this point in time. I really believe what's going on in Kentucky. I think there's other places is people are becoming aware that God is real. I think, I think, I mean, if you don't know that, that would be a good place to go. But if you know that, that's what we're supposed to do is come together in one accord, one, one agreement, one heartfelt um, desire to see his presence manifest here. Amen. And so you have to answer the question, do you want it here? Do we want it here? And it can come with two or three people just coming together and praying and praising and worshiping him. Nothing but him. Not worshiping the problem that went on that day. A lot of times we do that when we give it voice. But worshiping him and him alone. Amen? It's like I told you a couple of weeks ago, he said, he said to me, he says, if nobody else does it, he said, I'm going to honor you doing it. And that goes for anybody here. If nobody else worships and gives me praise and glory, I'm going to honor you anyway. Amen. So I think, I think it's important that we understand that this is a real thing that's happening. It's a real thing that we're doing. You are a spirit man. You have a, you have a soul and you live in a body. And so we worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't worship him if you're in sin. You just can't do it. Your heart isn't right. Amen. So I just wanted to share that with me. I just believe it's a wake up call to the church. Because the church at large is still not awake. There's been some movement. And maybe you've been focused on some of that movement. But I, I think the church at large is not awake. They're busy doing their thing. They're busy, you know, whatever religion does. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I think my face is red. It's probably the anointing. <laughs> but anyway, I can feel it. I'm very hot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so God's present. We want his presence, don't we? In our services. It doesn't make any difference. You know, if we, we've got an agenda to do the discipleship classes, it didn't matter last week. It was more important to the Lord that we humbled ourselves and we were on our knees and we surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. As you do that, as you give him first place in your life, you're making first place decisions according to his, his will and what he tells you to do. As you do that, there is no place for the devil to have a say in your life. If you're always giving him, okay, we'll go there. Let's look at um, Deuteronomy, please. We'll start there. And I haven't forgot about, we're going to pray for Jalissa here in just a minute. Deuteronomy 30. And you've heard me read this one before, but you choose 
Deuteronomy 30, 19. You choose. It's always a choice that the church has to make. Every individual here makes a choice every minute of every day. That's why we have to tune ourselves into hearing what he's telling me to do at this minute. What he's telling me to do at this minute. I was in a a situation the last couple of days and I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to go. And the Lord said, it'll be okay. This person's going to go with you. This person, this is going to happen. So um, I just didn't say anything. And I pretty soon I got a call from this person. Yeah, I think we'll, I'll go with you, you know. And so it's just one of those simple things that you'd like to hear. You'd like to hear real easy all the time. I will have to tell you, sometimes I don't hear real easy. And I have to get before the Lord and I have to pray and I have to fast and I have to worship to hear what he wants me to do. But I'd rather hear what he wants me to do than just do it out of my own flesh. If I try to do it out of my own self, what happens? It won't happen. It won't go that way. And then you wonder why you're in a mess. You didn't take time to spend time with him. You didn't take time to pray. You didn't take time to even ask him, what is the step you want me to do today? What is the step that I should have done that I made a mess out of? He'll help you understand those things. Amen? Amen. We got, we got to get him first place, guys. We just really got to get him first place. He's the first thing you think of when you wake up. He's the first person you talk to. And what do I do today? What do you want me to do? And he'll tell you. A lot of times there's a lot of instruction when I wake up. He's already telling me what I need to make a contact here. I need to do that. I need to do this. And so he's always telling you, you know, your minds are quiet at night. So when you wake up, listen to what's going on. Listen. Listen to his instruction. Don't push it back on the back burner because there is instruction there. Anyway, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose, choose, say choose, choose. choose. life. life. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> so it says, so... Th- in order that you may live, you and your descendants. So it's not just, you know, your descendants, you're making choices for your descendants as well. And this is so that you may live, you and your descendants. By loving the Lord, this is what you choose to do. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to give them, and to give them, period. So we choose, we make a choice what we're doing. And so um, I just I just wanted to reiterate that because uh, I, I need to go over this so Jerry has a fair shot <laughs> this morning. I'm already off, I'm off on the wrong uh, page <laughs> anyway. Okay, so this this, we're talking about repentance, and you need to understand in this area of repentance what happened in the garden and everybody has come into bondage everybody has come into a place of bondage and sin and so then when um and and you can look at those scripture verses we're not going to go through those again but there's several of them there that you would put down to meditate on so that you can share the truth with people so that they understand why they need a savior why why do we need a savior because in romans 3 9 through 20 Let's just go, um, let's just go to that one next. 
I'm moving right along, Jerry. <laughs> oh. Romans 3, please. Okay. Romans 3, 9 through 20. It's, uh, I think we hit this one last week. But anyway, it talks about all have sinned. And there's not one righteous. And then um, down there in verse um, 20. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Through the law. See, and it talked in uh, Jeremiah that the law would be written on our hearts. So we have no excuse because the law is written on our heart. We have no excuse for sin. And you can't be like Flip Wilson and say the devil made me do it. Won't work. Remember that show? Oh no, did that date me? <laughs> um, I never watched it, but I just, he would always be on a commercial to, and he'd say the devil made me do it. You can't use that excuse anymore. Nobody can use that excuse. It's your flesh and you need to crucify the flesh. Did Jesus not die on the cross for you? Picture yourself on the cross. Picture yourself on that cross and everything that you are still dealing with or have dealt with, whether it's fear, whether it's torment, whether it's sickness and disease, whatever it is, it was nailed to the cross. It was nailed to the cross and then you were able to come down off that cross free from all of it. Right there is the stopping line. I just ministered to somebody this week and I said, okay, okay, that's it right there. That's it. The old has passed away. Everything's new from here on. That's it right there. We don't go back. We don't go back and dig up the old. We don't go back there to the old. It's done with. You don't go back and visit the sin that's already been nailed to the cross. Why would you want to do that? It's going to bring you back into bondage. When Jesus paid the price to set you free. I think, I think we all need to watch the passion of Christ again to see the price that he paid. And that wasn't even close. I mean, he was unrecognizable and his flesh was falling off his body because of each one of us. He did it for you and he did it for me so that we don't have to have sin hanging on us because he hung it on the tree. <laughs> that rhymed, didn't it? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, and it, it hung on the tree. So why? Why would we want? Why would we want to keep carrying sin? Why would we want to keep carrying sin? Remember, I demonstrated with um, Gage last week, and I had that big lasso. I've got it up here, but I want to make sure Jerry has time. But, you know, I, that's what happens. You're bound. You're bound with sin. And you want to try to do something for the Lord, but I can't do it because i got to go over here and have my joint, or i got to have my whatever it is nowadays. <laughs> What is it nowadays? Anyway, I just got to go do that. And oh, I got to go to the bar. All my friends are going to the bar. I can't go serve God. I can't serve God. I'm going to go have a high time over here. You know, that's exactly our flesh is telling us to do that. And then we get a little help from the enemy now and then. If we don't, if we try to serve God, I keep wanting to say he's my friend, but he's not my friend. But he's, he's one that should not be our friend, right? He should not be our friend. I had this picture of going over there and stroking Jeff's head this morning, but that, I'm not going to do that. That wouldn't be right, would it? <laughs> but anyway, the animal, he's always talking in our ear. 
Isn't he talking in our ear, trying to get you to, you know, one of, one of the things he wanted to say is, say, whoa, there's a lot of people here. I tried to get you guys to all stay home. What happened? Did I goof? <laughs> anyway, so, so the enemy's always trying to, he's always trying to do something. Did he get you to walk away from the things of God? It's black and white. It's black and white. And if you've got one arm or one foot in sin, it'll just be that much easier for for him to pull you out of fellowship, pull you out of what he's got you doing. Amen? So all have sinned. There's not one righteous and um, no fear. People don't have the fear of God anymore. They don't fear God they fear what their friends think. They fear if they don't get that new Cadillac like the neighbors got, what's people going to say? You know, they're fearing, they're fearing the wrong thing. They're fearing if I don't go party with these guys, they're not going to be my friends. Who cares? Who cares? What is eternal? What is eternal for you? Eternal is eternal going and drinking with your buddies. Is that eternal? Are you going to have that forever in your life? I don't think there's any parties in hell. I really don't. But if you don't stop it, that's where you're going. That's where you're going. If you don't stop the drinking, if you don't stop the witchcraft, if you don't stop the whatever, whatever it is, we start out small. I can do. I'll just do a little white lie. Nobody will know. Yeah, God knows. And then, oh, you got by with it. Not really. God knew. Okay, this, this, I'll just add to that lie. And then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. Pretty soon you can't even get out of it. You can't get out of it without everything crumbling. Without the house of cards coming down, you can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. I I just want to make the point real clear that we are not slaves to sin anymore. That's one of another scripture verse. If you go down to John 8, 31 through 47, I mean, that's on that page too. Read it in the Amplified. It's, It's excellent in the Amplified, especially verse 34 says, we, we are a slave to sin. If you're in sin, you're a slave to it. You do what it tells you to do. You do what it tells you to do if you're a slave to sin. But see, Jesus has set us free. It stops right there at the cross. It stops right there when you accept him as Lord and Savior. You've been delivered out of darkness into light. It stops right there. You've been delivered. That means you are free from it. And if you've got a sin hanging on you today... You start speaking to it. I'm free from you. You're not a part of my life. You get out of here in Jesus' name. And then you focus and do the right thing. Do the right thing on purpose. Do the right thing on purpose. If you don't deal with sin, you're going to go to hell. If you don't deal with sin, that's the direction you're headed. It just keeps piling up and piling up. Amen? Amen. Okay, and so then I just want to... Go over here a little bit and uh, hit a few others. Titus is not on your paper, but Titus says um, three, three through six. Um, you were once slaves, um, and, and, and again, it explains about being slaves and about being free. 
See, we're enslaved to God now. Being born again means you're enslaved to him. It's like I said, that's his first place in your life. You look to him as to what to do. What's your steps? What's your steps, Lord? What are your steps for me? Amen? Okay. um, Then we, we looked at, let's look at John 3. That's kind of a crucial, important one. John 3, and everybody should know this one. But sometimes we don't read around these very well. But John 3, let's start with um, 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. That was, that was the thing that had to happen in order for us to have the eternal life. Jesus had to come and pay the price for us to have that eternal life. That, that was the thing, that was the, the stopping point of all sin. That was the stopping point of all sin. That's the stopping point of the sin in your life the minute you accept Jesus as Lord. That's the stopping point. No more sin. No more sin. <laughs> God's on sin today. Aha. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, 14, um, verse 15, that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And if you want to add that Second um, Peter 3, 9 there, God doesn't want anybody to perish. He's not sitting up there and you're going here and you're going here. No, he doesn't want anybody to perish. He'll do everything he can to get you to move out of sin and to get you to accept Jesus as Lord. He'll do everything he can. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Verse 17, for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. Now, this is a key. When you sit down with people that don't know Jesus as the Lord, you don't sit there and judge them. You don't judge them by the way they look. You don't judge them by the sin they're in. You don't judge them by what they've done. Maybe they've been in drugs or maybe they've done terrible things. Murder people. That's not your place to judge them. Everybody has the opportunity to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I was just praying for a young man the other day that had done that and um, had had killed somebody. He has a right. He has a right to be born again. He has a right to live for the Lord. He has a right to go to to um, heaven. He has a right. Amen. So our place is not to judge. Our place is for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world. So if we're like him, we're not to judge the world either. But that the world should be saved through him. And so we don't serve a condemning sentence on anybody that doesn't know Jesus as Lord. We don't serve a condemning sentence because in Romans 8, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So stop condemning yourself and just do the right thing. Okay, just do the right thing. And um, and then it goes on here. Let's see. Do we supposed to go that far? Yeah, no, that's it. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved. Okay, and then there's some, um, you know, the Second Corinthians 5.21. I think Jerry maybe is going to hit that. You have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, know, you are no more um, unrighteous. You're in a right standing position. And then... Um, and, Isaiah 61.10, I think that's on that paper too. Are you guys following with me on that? Isaiah, nope, that's mine. And that's okay. Isaiah 61.10, about give, being given a robe of righteousness. 
You've seen me demonstrate that where we have the black on us and then by because of the death and bur- death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that robe is removed. And there's a robe of righteousness, a right standing position that's given to us. That's Isaiah 61.10. Um, and let's go to... Um, Let's look at Romans 8 real quick, and then, Jerry, you'll be up here in just a second. Romans 8, 2. I quoted, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. When we get our mind renewed to the fact that we are free, that we have been set free by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We won't want to sin. We'll want to serve God. Once you get a revelation of what he did on the cross for you, you'll want to serve him. You'll want to live for him. You'll want to spend time in, in fellowship with him. You'll want to pray. You'll want to read his word. Amen? When you spend time... Spend time with him. Last scripture verse, Acts 2. Acts 2, please. Um, uh, 37. Thirty-seven. Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Because the, the disciples had been talking to these guys and telling them what they were doing wrong. So they were pierced to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive then the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children. We've heard that before already today, haven't we? You're doing a lot for your kids. You parents that love God and are serving God. You parents are doing a lot for your kids. You're giving them an opportunity. Now they can fluff it off if they want to. That's their choice. But you you parents are doing all you can for your kids, right? For the promises for you and your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord or God, shall call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Amen. Be saved. And so, so in looking at that, Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you're able to receive the Holy Spirit. We've kind of talked about that before. When you repent, you're, you're cleansed, and then you have a place for the Holy Spirit to come and, and, and um, actually set up camp there where, where you're all clean and everything. And so it's really important um, that we do, it, we do repent and that we do... Um, um, Make a choice to serve him every minute of every day and um, love him, worship him. And uh, being baptized in, in the water baptism, if you haven't had that done, please let me know and we'll get that set up for this summer. But that is just a, um, we, we are buried with him and then we are raised up with him in newness of life. Okay, so so again, that's another uh, an opportunity 
to declare you are free from all bondage and sin by being buried with him and then being raised up with him as well.